Good morning, Alexa. How are you doing? Good morning, Arrow. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. How yeah. are you doing? Well, you've got the perfect last name. I'm wild-ish. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's such the perfect name. Thank you. I like it too. And it's real. <laughs> Man, I'll tell you, I grew up in the state of Montana and you're in Lyons, Colorado. That part of the world, yeah. there's something special about that section of the world that I, I, I've never been able to pinpoint, but there's a vibration. Do you feel it as well? Oh my goodness. A thousand times over. Yes. It's such a vibration. It's a vortex here for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Especially when it comes to those mountains, because I think those mountains talk to each other. The ones up in Montana versus those, uh, the Cascades in Seattle, and then those that are right there in the Colorado area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's very potent and powerful to be here. I feel like being around these mountains, it's like this amplifier of feelings because there's so much energy going into the, from the earth, making these mountains come out from the earth they're huge like these massive mountains are around here <laughs> do you think that's where your music was given birth because you're feeling that mm-hmm. vibration that it, it had to come out in some form of shape and it was like wow i there's so many people that use music as as a tool i'm going to use it as well well absolutely i mean i would say i mean I, I didn't grow up here originally i i've been a lot of places i grew up in like horse country in southern mm-hmm. california Um, so honestly, but I will say the earth does influence me. Like I'd say my time in nature is the number one influence of like how I even get the courage to write music and sing music. Okay. You brought up horse. That is such a powerful totem animal, especially when it comes to communicating Mm -hmm. because when you, horses love to be talked with, not to, but with, I mean, I mean, for you to even be involved in that, that says a lot about the way you deliver a song as well. Mm, yeah, I didn't grow up with horses, but my dad had them before mm-hmm. I was born. And so my dad was always talking about horses. And so there was this big, like, that was a big thing in my life. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my sure. dad, my dad was that guy that was hired to go from farm to farm out in Wyoming to break the horses so they wow. could be ridden. And what they would do is they would put them in the, in the middle of a Creek and then the horses wouldn't buck because the horse was inside the Creek. Whoa. And so it got used to the human body on the back without even having to go through that the the roughness inside that that corral. Whoa. That's a really cool way of doing that. Interesting. Yeah, because I mean you, you just take the horse is so beautiful as it is. Let the horse have a personality just like a musician. Be yourself mm-hmm. because because if you, if you you know maybe it is like tame, you know like tame, uh, taming a horse in the way that with with your vocals, you've got to be nice to yourself in order to bring it all forward. Oh my gosh, never thought of it that way, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Our body is our instrument. You have to be nice to yourself and in order for the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was cool. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) To get that phone call to make your way to LA. Oh my God, I I can't imagine. Was it instant belief or was it, who is this again? Absolutely the second one. I was like, (laughs) what What am I doing? Um, I, you know, I'd heard about The Voice. I auditioned in 2019 actually. and didn't make it through very far in the process. And at that point I was like really heavily into my songwriting. I was about to release a record of my own. Um, and that was like really special to me and it just didn't feel right. But this time around when I was asked and drawn into it again, I was like, yes, I want to do it. But it still like took me months to like realize what I was doing. Cause I was like, wait, 
I'm going on a wait, I'm going on television. Wait, what am I doing? <laughs> and and wait, I'm gonna sing for who? And um, what's the vibe? Like, what am I doing? Like, take take me away from my sweet little nature town and like go right into the downtown Burbank area and put me on TV. I was like, I don't I don't know. What am I doing? <laughs> so, a lot of questions. <laughs> Phys- physically getting ready for a performance like that because I've been with more comedians that say that they practice in the mirror because facial expressions and body language are everything. Did you have to do that as well? Because all of a sudden that camera is on you. Yes. Well, thankfully we did have a rehearsal for our performance where you can watch yourself one time. And I, I felt like that was like looking in a mirror and, and it was amazing to, to watch myself. Cause I'm also a vocal coach and I was watching myself as I was like watching a student and I was able to be like, Oh, like maybe if you try this thing. And so it was helpful to have that kind of feedback, but yeah, I mean, I did a lot of that. I did a lot of looking at myself, making sure that I was standing properly, um, emoting in a specific way. But ultimately, all that goes out the window because you're just on stage <laughs> and you're like, I'm nervous. <laughs> I mean, what, first of all, as as a fan of NBC's The Voice, that pregnant yes. pause when they when they first introduce you and the song hasn't started yet, that <laughs> is probably one of the greatest feelings as a viewer because w- anticipation is everything. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably, it's really great as a viewer and it's really terrifying as the singer. It's just like, you're just like, like all you could hear are the click of my boots walking on that stage. Like, yeah, the audience is dead silent and you're like, oh, this is intense. So now when, when, when a song starts though, I mean, is somebody counting you down? Because I mean, because how do you know? Because it, for, for some, they start the music right off with their vocals. It's like, how did the band know and how do you time it? One, two, three, boom, song on. Yeah, I mean, it's different for every performer. For my own, they gave me a chord and then I started. Um, <clears throat> and we we had we had the count and so it was like I yeah. counted with the chord. They're on a click track, so I was kind of going to them. Okay. And if you miss that, I mean, you just miss it. They don't start over. <laughs> so um- you just do your best. <laughs> wow. And Lex, I got to tell you, I, my, I, one of my worst nightmares with the click track is I was I was putting together some music and my engineer, you know, had that thing going on. And, I, and the thing, he goes, can you not hear the click track? And I go, no, I'm so into sharing the story that I'm putting inside the music that I'm tuning out the click track. Do you, have you run into right. that? Yeah. I mean, that can happen sometimes for sure, where you're not able to hear the click or like you know, stay in the heart of the music. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I feel I feel pretty confident with it. Um, that because I've done so much training in that world where I'm staying in the story no matter what. Mm-hmm. In my own music, I I have this like way of emoting and like making sure that the story is told. That that matters the most to me, I think. So so that, but also you always have to like make sure the music is like pulsing through you. Like you have to have enough practice to like have that. And thankfully, we did have time to to practice our songs and get super, super comfortable with it before we did it. As that vocal coach, how do you teach your student to be able to, don't sing this song, I need you to share this song? Yeah, I feel like that's a majority of what I'm working with with my students is um, after a while, like the perfectionist has to get out of the way and like, you know, you have to let go of the, the good, like it's not like let go of the good sounds, but like, let go of like all the work that you've done. You need mm-hmm. to do the work to make sure the song is coming through. But after a while, you have to just get into the emotion. That's the 
that's the vibration that's coming through. That's the feeling. Yeah. I'll, I'll sit with some of the local hip hop artists and, and, the, and they'll rap and everything and I'll go, okay, that was, that was good. But, but you just gave me a bunch of words. I, I, I didn't feel those words enter me at all. Do you, do you, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to that kind yeah. of you know, story sharing, I mean, you, you've got to speak the street and live the street. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to live the experience. And that was one of my, um, major requirements for choosing a song for the voice. Mm -hmm. Um, anytime I had an opportunity to send in songs, um, I had to ask myself, have I lived this? Mm. Like, do I know internally? Can I tell this story? Cause if not, then it's not going to come through. So you have to send your ideas. Is, is that the process? I mean, I, I just assumed they gave you a song list and you decided to pick from it. There's that. Yeah. But, um, each round is different that we didn't get to pick our song for the battles. Right. Um, right. But for the, but for our blind audition, they gave us a list of like 500 songs. Maybe it was more. And we had to go through and make sure like, like we had to give our top 10 and then we gave alternate five songs that were not on the list. Um, thankfully my song was already cleared. Songbird was on the list. Oh my God. Um, and one of my favorite songs ever. So I felt like when they picked that song, I was like, oh, Whoa, I feel like, this is important. <laughs> like this is like, I mean, obviously I was picking the song, but they were also picking it back and it wasn't, they picked a song that felt like, wow, this would be the first song I'd want to sing on national television if I had a choice. So yeah. that would be powerful. so scary when somebody else picks the music, because it's almost one of those things where it's like you're a free spirit as it is, as a musician stepping into a well yeah. format formatted world. And it's like, you, what do you mean you're in control? Oh my God, what am I going to do here? Totally. Yeah, I mean, there was a bit of a surrender that I had to go into in, in choosing my coach. I feel like that's the other thing is like, did I pick a coach that could pick cool songs for me? Um, and I did. And ultimately, even though I didn't know the song, everything I wanted before singing it, I felt like I really trusted Niall. And and I went into it in the way that he was talking about. He was like, you know, you guys are very different artists, but, you know, she's a songwriter first, Billie Eilish. And, and I have since oh then... God. I mean, Billie Eilish is absolutely incredible, but like, you know, I knew that on a logical level, but I hadn't lived in any of her songs. Like yeah. I hadn't, hadn't listened to them enough to like put them through me. And, and I've really since been like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get in the Billie Eilish world. And I feel really, really late to the game, but also at the same time, grateful that I got that opportunity to, to sing that song. Cause it really did speak to me. And, and as hard as it is to, as hard as it is to admit, it was, it's very personal. Billie Eilish has been one of the most mysterious artists, I think, in a very long time in the way that I would watch the videos on YouTube and she would have these crowds electrified. And yet the songs that I was hearing on the radio didn't match what I was getting at those those re pre-recorded concerts. And so therefore it was like I had to go and listen to the interviews to hear the performer. I needed to hear her love for music. And then all of a sudden it all changed for me about how much I really respect her thousand times over yeah i listened to um a song exploder with her and and i think phineas was on it as well um and that's it's, it's a podcast that kind of breaks down songs and it yeah. was a song exploder of everything i wanted and that i think was like my my first introduction to like whoa like watching the way that she writes it's just it's so profound she's mm. incredible speaking of breaking down music that's one of my favorite things to do when i sit with musicians when they're releasing brand new albums and so many times they'll say ah, 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 ah. this is about your interpretation it's not mine as that songwriter do you let us inside your creative door you know i do i do sometimes but 
oftentimes when people ask me what a song is about, I, I do like that response as well, because ultimately when a song comes out, the thing, the, the, the person that listens to it becomes the writer of the song becomes mm. the person that like it becomes about them and not about me. Mm. So even though I might've written a song about something very specific, it, it doesn't really matter because it becomes the song to the listener. It becomes that. So, you know, I will, I will sometimes talk about experiences, but you know, to an extent. And then I, I, I get to a point where I'm saying, you know, this is about you. Yeah. Like this is your song now. Have you had one of those songs yet where you come back a few years later and it's got a whole entire different vibration in your in your memory as well as your personal experience? Oh my gosh, absolutely. That's the coolest thing about songwriting yep, yep. is I think that it, it actually grows with you as you evolve. Um, I had a song that really reminded me of the imprint that Everything I Wanted um, was. And the reason why I was able to even relate to Everything I Wanted was because I wrote a song that was very similar to that tone and that feeling. But it was different when when I than when I wrote it. It like became a new thing in that moment. So, yeah, I think that's one of the coolest things about songwriting. It evolves with you. You learn different things from it. <laughs> I'm just like, what is this? It's like a story <laughs> of my life evolving. It's very cool. Does it start off with just a simple thought? For instance, I, my last book was, came to me. It didn't come to me as a song. It came to me as a thought. It was the saddest mm-hmm. the saddest love song I've had to write. And I sat there and I thought, what the heck? Where, where'd that come yeah. from? And I, and I thought, what am I going to do with something like that? So I, I pinned out a piece of poetry and all of a sudden it became a book. And then it became music for oh. that book. So do you have experiences like that as well where a simple thought becomes a journey? Yes, Absolutely. Um, it's, I don't understand songwriting no, as I don't long either. as I songwriting. <laughs> I, I think it's like a miracle. I don't know. Like it's a mystery, it's magic, it's alchemy. Um, I don't, sometimes it'll start with me plucking something on my octave mandolin or my guitar. Um, you know, just like a simple melody. Sometimes it'll start with my voice where I'm singing a song over and over again. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll be sitting in some hot springs somewhere and a song will come to me. I'll be sitting in the redwoods. A song will come to me. It's like, there's, there's, there's like a lot that comes from me when I'm quiet in nature. Um, but I sort of get frustrated when anyone asks me to teach any songwriting. I'm like, uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just something that happens, but it's, and then sometimes it happens from like me writing something. It's like a lyric heavy song where I'm like really strongly, like wanting to write something and, and sometimes my songs make no sense, you know, until later, you know, I'll be like, well, what did I write that about? And then I'm like, oh, I wrote it about that. So it's, yeah, it's it's a complete mystery to me. And uh, anyone that tells you otherwise, I'm, I kind of laugh about. Well, see, that's, <laughs> I'm like, that's like, let it be from, from uh, Paul McCartney and the, and the Beatles, because I mean, scrambled eggs and it becomes let it be. How the heck did we even get into this ship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. You have no idea. And then, yeah, you sometimes sing gibberish for a long time and then the words come to you. (laughs) One of the things that I feel guilty about is when I wake up in the morning, there's songs always playing in my head. And I feel guilty because I feel like I should be paying the songwriter to put that song inside my head. You're not getting royalties from what we're really listening to in our heads. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Like earworms. Like you were like, oh, I can't. (laughs) I should be paying rights for this. Because it's so weird. It's like, okay, I don't know where that song came from. Because, I mean, watching the voice, I can tell the voice sticks with me because somewhere in the night, I'm going to wake up singing one of those dang songs. Yeah. Oh, man. Trust me. We've all been singing each other's songs. Can't get it, like, can't get it out of our heads, especially because we're in it so much. You're, like, living with a song for, like, a few weeks, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. 
So, yeah, you can get it all in your head. <laughs> Being that vocal coach and that songwriter, we're living in an age where AI is changing everything. How are you preparing your students to to basically prepare their creative process that, hey, look, there's a lot more competition out there right now and it's not human? What a wild thing, right? What a wild thing to live at this time. Um you know what you said about it not not being human. I think that's what gives us a leg up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that anything that is unreal can mask or cake what's human and can what's human. Um, we have a lot of things that are close in AI, and I think there's always going to be like, oh, that's really cool. But you can't create the vibration that humans can create. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that is truly what I believe. I believe that we are the we are absolutely incredible. We have so much feeling and our feelings are what sets us apart from AI. Mm-hmm. Um, at least as it is now. Um, I mean, we may live in a dystopian world where we have um, the potential of AI having feelings and like being exactly like humans and then waking up to who they are. <laughs> you know, that's like a little bit sci-fi, but I'm also like, that could happen. Um, but at this point, I feel like our greatest strength is our lived lives. Like mm. the fact that like who we are and all the experiences up to this point are creating our sound mm. and creating our music. And yeah, for me, that's why I always really lean into that with my students is I'm like, well, what does this mean to you? Not generically, not like what could it mean to a bunch of people? What does it mean to you? Mm. You know, why are you wireling this story? What's the point? You know? So yeah, that's the be- that's the best thing I would say. It's affecting radio in the way that there's AI radio stations out there now. And, and I'm constantly asking myself, is this real? Is this person on the air real? And and you you don't know. You really don't know. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think that's where we lean into our humanity and more. You know, like we we like the way that you're asking questions is really I I would know you're real um, <laughs> in the way that you're asking because it's not generic. You're like really you're really in it. You're like really t- asking stories. Like you're, you're getting into it in a really beautiful way. So yeah, leaning into our humanity feels like the important aspect of this. Speaking of that humanity, Kevin Hart, the great comedian cherishes his, his couch surfing days. What did you learn from those days? Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Um, yeah, you know, I, I have done that a lot in my life. I've slept on many different, um, many different places, been a lot of locations i also lived in a van for a while as you know um i learned a lot i feel like you're always when you're in that place of not knowing where you're going to go next there's something magical that happens um there's this relationship that happens with the universe where you have to like set into a place of trust because it's kind of scary you know you don't know where you're going to go next you don't know if you're going to have your next meal or next place to land or anything like that thankfully i was always fed thankfully i always had a place to land and i attribute that to the love that's here and i and i recognize i have a lot of privilege and having a lot of people with homes a lot of people that i can lean on um and i felt really grateful for that but i i also learned about the goodness of humanity um i learned about i learned about how um my own trust i learned about my own self i learned about being able to to just allow things to happen and and that it was always going to be good yep. even though i would be scared sometimes i'd be like i i don't know where i'm going tomorrow i don't know like where am i gonna park the van where where am i gonna be and then i just like kind of stepped into a place of gratitude and i was like well i have my food now That's it. i have my my house now and i don't know what's next but 
I'm assuming with the trajectory that I've been on that it's going to be good next. (laughs) And I would continue to like say that. And I think that's part of the magic of life is, you know, if you allow yourself to say, say, stay grateful for everything that's happening, even if it's scary or hard, things work out because it's like, okay, I'm, I may not know what's coming next, but I'm not going to practice being scared right now. I'm going to practice being grateful. Um, and when I practice being grateful, more good things happen. Um, granted there's always moments that you're like, well, I didn't anticipate this. And this is a little bit more (laughs) of a curveball. and well, shoot, dang, I've got a flat tire or like, (laughs) what am I going to do? But you know, it's oftentimes in those moments you're like, I'm giving up I'm letting go where like everything sort of floods in. You're like, well, I have a flat tire in the middle of the desert. What's going to happen next? And it's just like, Oh, somebody, somebody drives by a, somebody, an angel or, you know, like whatever you believe in comes through and, you know, helps you out. And it can be really scary traveling as a, as a female artist by myself, but I, I definitely don't lean into the fear. I lean into the gratitude as much as possible. And, and that has proven to be a very beautiful blanket for me, um, in all moments. Cause wow. it's like, yeah, there's, it's scary, but, but it's, but you know, what's amazing is that life always has a way of taking care of me and not just me, but all of us. Yep. Yep. You got to come back to this show anytime in the future. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you, Arrow. Thank you so much. You be brilliant today, okay? You be, you're amazing. Thank you so much, Arrow. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and thank you for the wonderful questions.